He grew up in the oil fields of West Texas. He's been all over the Western Hemisphere. A radio and TV veteran, former restaurateur, and a cowboy at heart. He's Earl Farrell, and he calls Memphis home because Memphis is cool. This is the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. And now, here's your host, Earl Farrell. And thank you very much, and uh, welcome aboard on this uh, Tuesday afternoon. And a chilly one it is. It was uh, down in the 20s last night, and uh, got up a little bit warmer today, but not a lot. Nobody was out there walking around shirt sleeves as far as I saw. But um, it is that time of year, and it, I guess it kind of gets you in the festive mood. And it was a pretty day. I was out running errands all over the place, uh, meeting with clients, and um it was uh as long as you weren't standing out waiting for a bus it was it was good weather uh we got a big show lined up here we got lady die checking in uh, on health care and this time of year uh it's a good time to, to go ahead and check it now there's a lot of health care policies you can change any time uh, medicare and the affordable health care act have certain windows you have to take action in or end up with nothing or at least the same as you had last year so we'll be talking about that. Then uh, at 4 o'clock, we're checking in with Brad McCarley, who is the chief butcher at Buster's Butcher Shop, about gift ideas. And think about it. You know, you, you always heard about those Omaha steaks. I don't know if you've ever gotten Omaha steaks before. I have. Uh, Kathy was nice enough to order me some one year and uh, was not that impressed. Uh, but I'll tell you what, you will be impressed with the all the, the items that come from Buster's Butcher and we're going to talk about some of those, but what a great gift idea. Give them a gift certificate, let them pick it out themselves, which if you're if you're a, an outdoor cook, and I am a griller, and a lot of my friends' guys are, a lot of my ladies, and Vicki Olson's a good uh, griller, so she does all the grilling. Ron sits in the house and says, when's dinner? Uh, but uh, you want to be able to pick out your own uh, beef, whether you're doing uh, tender, beef tender, prime rib, uh uh, any of it, you want to look at it before you say, yeah, that's the one. And, uh, when you order it uh, through the mail, you don't get that choice. And so we'll be talking to him about uh, great gift ideas and about how to prepare a beef tender, a, a, a roast duck, uh, which is one of my favorite things in the world. Duck a l'orange, uh, made with Grand Marnier and oranges. And I mean, there literally is it even, I think I like it even better than beef brisket. No, I don't. No, I don't. I take that back. But secondly, it's the second favorite thing I love most. So we'll be talking about that. And then I went by a really cool store. That I had them on about a year ago. It's called Wild Birds Unlimited Nature Shop, and it's over on Perkins. And what a great gift idea that would be is to give somebody a bird feeder and uh, or maybe a bird house uh, and bird seed, bird feed. And they can advise you on all kinds of stuff. Uh, songbirds eat different kind of things than sparrows and birds that don't really make pretty music. They can advise you on all that. And uh, it's, I, I watch the birds in my yard every single day. In fact, it's kind of what gave me the idea. I was sitting out there early this morning, and the birds uh, have a row of pine trees that are right along the split rail fence on the back of my yard. It's my yard for the golf course. And all these birds come and they land in those trees, and they stage there. Then there's some trees that are over my little fish pond, and that's the next staging area. And there's those all these birds are in that that tree, and actually there are three trees right there over the pond. And then there are birds on the ground, and then the birds actually in this little stream that I have running 
into the little fish pond. And that's where they get water. They sit there, it's pretty like a little bird bath. And it really is a whole societal thing with birds. Uh, the birds that are in the little stream, they give each other plenty of space, and they sit there and, and dip their bill in. And I was watching this one cardinal today, and he dipped I counted it 14 times. You think they just need a little sip. This guy must have been thirsty because it's so cold, you get dehydrated. And he dipped his beak in there 14 times, and then he takes off. And then Mrs. Cardinal shows up, and she jumps in there, and she was right behind him. I think they watch out for each other because, you know, cardinals mate for life. It's one of the birds that do that. And they kind of watch out for each other. They're always right together. We may not see both of them, but the other one's around right there. And then when they move out, the other birds on the ground, they hop into the little creek. And then the trees, the birds in the trees above, they jump down to the ground. The birds that are in the trees by the golf course, they fly to the tree. And then they're replaced by other birds. So it's wave after wave of these birds that come in. And the only way you start getting to know your little feathered friends is to sit and watch them. And that's why bird feeders are great. Uh, and there's all kinds of different foods you can get. Uh, you can get uh, uh, seeds and there's this chumney stuff that you put. It's kind of really moist and it's got fat in it. And it really helps them out this time of year because they need all the protein they can get. But we'll talk about that. And uh, I put some pictures up on my Facebook page, Earl Farrell, and you can go look there. There's even a little video of the birds and they're seeing their songs. I've actually even gotten my phone out and and called up different birds uh singing and uh they'll answer the birds of the trees will answer me with my my cell phone because it's loud enough that they can hear it and it's really kind of cool you know it's uh, like calling up turkey except you're not going to kill these <laughs> you shouldn't anyway but uh they do answer so bird watching is a lot of fun i've always enjoyed birds and especially uh, here we've got a lot of birds and uh, the re- one reason we do and it's not especially a great reason but it's nonetheless a fact is we have so many mosquitoes and bugs because that's what it takes for birds to survive and we got buku bugs and and, and and mosquitoes and plenty of stuff for them to eat and uh, this time of year they're out there pecking around on the ground because most of the bugs that can fly away have done or done so or, or perished uh but uh so we'll be uh monitoring the birds and we'll talk more about birds as uh as the day wears on and as far as what's going on around the, the country they're <clears throat> saying that uh they're going to start cracking down on these these uh people shooting rockets at the shipping going through uh, the red sea and uh through the canal because uh the the shipping companies are now said they're going to ground the the uh the horn of africa uh, of good hope and that takes like 70 hours more even longer and uh so it's uh it's really impeding all kinds of stuff it could also affect the price of oil which uh, nobody wants and so what they're going to do is they've uh, got all this coalition they're going to start protecting these ships but here's the, the ironic thing is there's a ship that iran owns it's out in the middle of this this canal everybody knows who owns it and that's where they're coordinating all these attacks on these shipping from i mean that otherwise you wouldn't know what ships are around and yet they're not doing anything about that i mean that's just they're playing stupid little games and they don't want to do anything to piss off iran and uh, that's a huge mistake is what they got all we've done is take down some rockets on their way in they don't care the iran just buys more with the money we give them i mean it's ridiculous at any rate um 
Uh, Tucker Carlson says the Republican Party tends to be on your side, but they're really not. Cut number one. The true corruption of the Republican Party, I don't know, it just took, I was like 10 years behind on that. Hmm. It's my language. That, but, but now that I, now that I see it, I'm like, I can't even believe this exists. Because, by the way, in some ways it's more offensive than the Democratic Party because it's lying. The Democratic Party is just like, we're here to hurt you and, <laughs> and belittle you, of course. But the Republican Party pretends to be on your side. They're like yeah. whistlings, but they're, they're literally, they just, they, the Republican Congress just allowed the Biden administration to spy on Republican voters. How? So, like, what, is there a bigger sign of the fact that they hate you every bit as much as what, the Democrats? What, what you got to admit is true. I mean, what reason would they have for uh, allowing this and passing this? I mean, it was designed in the first place to spy only on foreign uh, countries. Never, but then when nine eleven happened, they expanded it because they didn't know who was on the side of the foreigners uh, attacking this country. So they allowed them to spy on Americans, and yet it continues to happen. If you don't believe that, just look at some of the people who are supposedly Republicans who never vote with the, most of the people who don't give out the Republican money that comes into the GOP to people they don't like uh, that are in the party. And uh, it's just the treachery of bounds up there. Uh, you got to be just extremely careful, which is why so many people turn on Trump is because they're not really conservative. They're they're Republicans. And that's not necessarily the same thing as we've all learned. Then you got uh, old Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, he says Van Jones should just, well, I'll let you tell him. Cut number two. We demand a government that tells us the truth again in this country. That's what we require. We can handle the truth. That's what it means to be a citizen of this country. <laughs> so I say that on that last debate stage to a bunch of Republicans that are shaking in their boots. These are the things you're not supposed to say in the Republican Party even today. And then you get the mainstream media. You got this character Van Jones on CNN afterwards saying, this is the rise of an American demagogue who's going to live 50 years longer than Trump. This is dangerous. I am shaking. That's what he says. <laughs> just shut the f*** up. <laughs> At a certain point, just shut the f*** up. Van Jones at CNN. Well, there you are. Uh, and not shying away from that. Uh, the, the younger generation is uh, certainly a lot freer with the uh, F word than uh, previous generations of politicians, at least in public. Then you got Roseanne Barr says she'll, she's all in for President Trump because if, uh, if he doesn't win, they're going to put her to gulag. Cut number three. All in for uh, President Trump. I just want to say that I'm just all in. I'm just all in, you know, I said, I'm all in, whatever, you know, you just let me know I'm all in, because I know if I ain't all in, man, they're going to put my ass in a gulag. If he loses, I know, you know, that what they're going to do, and I don't really want to go to a re-education camp and have to give all my money away to a bunch of losers that never know how to get a job. I don't care about them. Just want the truth. We deserve to hear the truth. That's what we want. We want the truth. We don't care which party is wrong. We know they're both nothing but crap. <laughs> they're both on the team. 
They're both stealing us blind. We just want the truth about everything that we fought and died and suffered to protect. We want the truth because we deserve it. And we deserve to have an election with paper ballots and with proper identification to prove that you are a citizen of this country. I think I can go on with that every night. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And welcome back. Yeah, I just I got a call from somebody who was saying, I just like to go home with that every night. And I said, that's what I just said. They said, yeah, no, I heard you. <laughs> How would you like to go home with that every night? No, I think I'd pass. Um, there was some movement today here locally, Shelby County commission on a multi-million dollar commitment to improve the way juvenile court operates uh, cut number five. Our legislative priority as a, as a body is public safety. And obviously it's a multi-pronged approach, but helping our disconnected youth is certainly, um, a, a important part of that. But this one is one that, that is so near and dear to me, especially from understanding the research of that. If we don't take care of it now, we're going to pay a lot more later. And uh, he's exactly right. I've said this for some time, uh, just following the youth crime in the city. Uh, it really goes back to uh, before I moved here, before 1978, uh, the Department of Justice had this mandate that said you really couldn't uh, put juveniles in jail. They didn't want them going there for any reason other than, than murder. And uh, that's about the only reason they go now. And uh, as long as they think they can get away with crime. I mean, I actually chased a kid down uh, that had broken into my car. This is years ago. We lived in Cordova before I figured get out of there. And, uh, I got up one early one morning, just looked out the front door and I saw this, the light on in my car. And so I opened the door and, and, uh, saw this kid in there and he takes off running. And then I realized I'm chasing two down the street and one of them cut through the yards and went, jumped a fence. I kept going after the one in front of me and he hit a low hanging limb and <laughs> knocked him loopy. So I grabbed him, drug him out in the street and had him sit down cross-legged and uh, this is back before I had a cell phone. And so I'm yelling out in the street, say, Hey, somebody call the sheriff. And somebody opened up the door and uh, they finally call the sheriff. They come out, pick up the kid, take him. I went down and did three depositions on this kid. And, uh, he had a bunch of priors, same kind of stuff. And so finally they ended up going to court. And they sent me the word that he had gotten 11 months and 29 days probation no jail time, no fines, no nothing. And uh, then when he turns 18, they will expunge all those crimes from his record. And that has continued to happen over the years. I don't know where that kid is today. That's been 34 years ago. Uh, and he was in his teens then. So he's a grown man now if he's still alive. Usually what happens, though, is they just keep continue down that path. And the crimes just get worse. And then so do the risk. And it's not a good thing, which is why. Uh, having consequences really matters. I know when I was growing up in West Texas in the 50s, 60s, uh, you got in trouble. You had two choices. You go to juvenile, juvenile, uh, delinquency school, 
uh, or go join the military. And a lot of guys opted to go in the military. In fact, you'd be amazed how many guys that uh, went into the military came out and are now policemen and deputies all over the country because they said, I needed discipline. And in fact, if you know a lot of uh, people in the, in the, um, legal fields, it's amazing how many of them, uh, were headed down the wrong path and one way or the other got straightened out. And, uh, and that's, and they knew how people, how it happens to people. And I say, you got to have discipline. But when you take all the tools away from the police, they, they arrest them to do their job, put them in jail. Then they, the judges and the courts let them out of jail. Don't find them. Don't find their parents. I mean, their parents are responsible for them until they're 18. I mean, you could literally find them and make them pay restitution. And in fact, my father always told me that if anything happens, I'm responsible. You all have to pay for it. Don't make me have to do that. And I never did. Uh, Juvenile court judge uh, Tariq Sugarman, who I knew his dad, is on uh, getting juvenile crime under control as well. Cut number six. I'm committed to service in the community where it is needed. They will be working directly with the families, not doing the paperwork just to get them out of the court, but directly with the families to make sure the services are there and that the direction of those children is a proactive way. And we're going to work with the school system. And also then you got the end users who are caught up in the middle of a, a city gear customer says, you know, you got to protect yourself. Cut number nine. It's bad. Like, it's, it's getting out of hand. But that's the life we live in. So you got to do what you got to do to protect yourself. Yeah. By any means. And that's a customer talking about, because that's where they shop. City Gear is a huge young person's uh, hangout and store. And all of them have been hit several times. And you sit there and go, well, do I want to walk in there because they get hit so much. And then the owner of a floral shop in Binghampton says customers uh, uh, have stepped up there. Cut number 10. Yeah, even friends I haven't seen in a long time came by and made purchases. And um, some people bought quite a bit. So it, it's keeping my spirits high. Walter Canfield says police recognized the man in her video and made an arrest. She says the items returned were covered with the burglar's blood and can't be resold. She's just hoping people continue to shop small. Yesterday, I was like, I don't want to do it anymore. But today, <laughs> I'm really, really encouraged. Um, and I'm not going anywhere. Well, unfortunately, it's going to take people like that to, to stay. If they all leave, then guess who's left? The criminals. And then you got uh, a ghost town because they won't last long if they got nobody to rob. Here's uh, our, our new mayor, Paul Young, on crime. Cut number 12. Making sure that we're investing in prevention and intervention in the lives of those young people headed down the wrong path. And making sure that when those individuals are taken off the streets, uh, that they are held accountable through the court system. And then here's a comment by Senator Ben Cardin on the uh, Senate staffer that was filmed uh, committing porn in the senate uh, well we don't have time for that we'll do it when we get back maybe nah we don't need to it's on enough of that we'll take a break we'll be right back and thank you very much and welcome back and uh on the phone with us right now is lady die diane kimbrough who is uh our health care pi she's also uh in the christmas spirit i was looking at uh, her decorations well she actually wore decorations in the studio when she came in last week had those old-fashioned um 
real pretty bulbs around her neck that flashed on and off. And hey, hey, Diane, you got the bulbs on today? <laughs> no, I don't. Only when you travel. <laughs> oh, but I, I did when uh, well, my husband and I got invited to a really fun murder mystery, ugly Christmas sweater party this past weekend. And so I made us our own little Mr. and Mrs. Ugly Sweaters. I saw those. You did a good job. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Evidently, I wore the bulbs for that. I needed to be bright. But um, that that murder mystery part of it was hilarious. I've never done that. I was going to ask you, was the person with the ugliest sweater the the killer? (laughs) (laughs) It was the killer. (laughs) Yeah, everybody thought we were, they were like, I said, you said it was an ugly sweater party and the hostess. You look like an elegant model. And I was like, where's your ugly sweater? Why do I feel so like I've, I just really got murdered here? <laughs> well, it's because you took it literally. See, what yeah. you know, on Halloween, they say everybody dressed in costume. And all the, the ladies generally wear something sexy in costume. And all the men you go as a bum or something, and they look horrible. And, but, no, but for the most part, women always still look good, and men always look bad. And, and so I just always wear a cowboy hat and tell them I'm a cowboy. <laughs> I'm going as a cowboy well, this year. <laughs> we did we did Halloween this year, and Bill was um, oh, what was his name? Rip on um, oh, uh, oh Yellowstone. It? Yellowstone, yeah. And I was Beth. Not that I want to be like Beth. I don't really aspire to be like Beth. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's a wild one. Not somebody I want to be like. <laughs> <laughs> you don't mind uh, beating people up and getting beat up. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> too old for that now. No kidding. I'd love to see an old Beth Dutton. That'd be funny. I yes, did. Uh, I am an old bed Dutton. <laughs> no, you're not. No, you're not. I did go out and try to find some of those lights like you've got. And do you know that most of all the stores are sold out of Christmas decorations? You can't find wow. uh, red, those big red velvet bows. You can't find wow. they're out of Christmas tree lights. Uh, so I did a little wow. research, and apparently there's a, you know, most of the lights are made overseas in China now. Of course, everything is, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, apparently the uh, we've been hearing about the shipping crisis with them going through uh, the canals and in the Mid East and all. Instead of going around the the, the Horn of Africa, uh, because it takes so long. Uh, but now they're coming under fire. So there's a lot of containers full of Christmas tree lights that are somewhere in the Mid East that probably ain't going to make it to America to be distributed <laughs> this year. So well, they'll get it after Christmas for next year. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll bet there's a fire sale going on. Hey, who's looking for Christmas lights? <laughs> I got a deal on them. Uh, That's funny. But it is. This is the time you need to be uh, taking a look at your health care, whether especially if you're if you're open, because um, it is uh, if, like with the Affordable Health Care Act, they only have special windows. You got another one coming up. What in January? Is that right? Right, it's open right now, and they can sign up right now for February first effective date. But if you don't do anything, you could find yourself with nothing going on, and uh, that you don't want to be there under any condition. In fact, we just had the Better Business Bureau on the yesterday talking about these. Uh, it's it's like a, a credit card in reverse. You get, you sign up for this credit card, and if you have a health crisis. And you have to go to the hospital and you exhaust all your insurance. Uh, this car- credit card will automatically kick in and pay for what uh, your insurance doesn't pay. But you don't want to do that because uh, you, you want you to have uh, policies that really pretty much cover everything. In fact, uh, even Not when he. Only that, 
I'm curious what the interest rate. I didn't hear that segment. I'm well, sorry, I didn't. So and what's they, the interest rate? Well, they vary. And there you are. That's where they kill you is on the interest rate. And uh, I happen to know through personal experience, if you go to them and say, look, our, we used all our, in fact, mine with my son, they said he had a pre-existing condition on pneumonia because he had asthma and wouldn't pay for any of his uh, trip to Le Bonner, And he was in for several days. There was several thousand dollars back 34 years ago. And we paid that off in 10 years. We paid them so much a month, but we never missed a payment. In fact, we, we got up on our payments. We were ahead. And, um, and you can do that, but, uh, but be very careful when you go out there and, and look at some of these things, make sure you look at the fine print and any penalties or anything else. Cause it could end up being as bad as anything you sign up for. Well, anything that involves a credit card and they say, Hey, just sign up and we'll take care of it. Yeah. They'll take care of it and charge you. And they will, that can, that can change your interest rate on top of that. That's right. It's a floating so you want to interest be really rate. Careful about what you want to do is let me talk to you about getting you signed up to a rate that's going to at least be intact. In some cases, it can be two years. Some cases, it can be three, depending on what we do. But definitely twelve month lock in rate. Well, and, <clears throat> and you know we've been going down and we went live from a retirement home last week, Abanita, and we're talking to another one. We're going to really go to um, Robinwood. And there, there, people are especially up in years are starting to look at these because they're trying to lock in on not just uh, everything they can healthcare, but on their what they're having to pay to live. And with interest rates, mortgage rates, a lot of you know, it's just all going up. And that's why you want to be if you can get Diane to help you lock in on your healthcare costs so it doesn't go up over the the life of that particular policy. Yeah, because it's so really important to find out. Uh, like I was talking to a guy earlier today, there's so many different devils in the detail. And this is a young couple, and they have a, a son. They live in Kentucky, and they have a son who is special needs in terms of, not special needs, but he needs speech therapy just a little more, like maybe six to eight months more of, of uh, speech therapy. And he said, is, can you offer me a supplement? And I was like, well, I have it, but why would you pay this much when you got to pay on your health insurance a $50 copay? Because they're going twice a week, uh, four times a month or whatever, it's, or maybe six times a month. So that's about $600, I mean, $300 that we're talking about extra he has to pay a month right now. And I said, you're much better just to pay this because this isn't long term. And if I take you off this and put you on the family plan based on his rate that he has right now, which is not the best plan he's on, but right now he can afford it. And if he can just suck it up and do the co-pays for the next couple of months, and instead of me putting him on a plan that's going to be a lot more expensive because there's one person employed, even though it's a, it's a de- very decent income, it still doesn't make sense for me just to take them off and say, here, get on this plan. You can have unlimited speech therapy visits, but you're still going to pay your copay, but you're going to pay a lot more monthly premium because this is a better plan with better benefits. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it just takes walking through with them. So am I really in the best position I should be in? And it doesn't feel good, but it is the best position based on what you're doing right now, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's where you come in is you're able to say, this is everything that's on the market right now. And this is what I've narrowed it down to for you. And, uh, or if what you have is the best thing for you, stay with it. Yeah, exactly. In many cases, it may be the best thing going, but until right. you check and find out, you don't know. Right. And that's what I did with him. I just, 
And that's what I do. I consult with people, and we talk about their situation. We talk about what makes sense. You know, I have some some people that I'm consulting with that um, they're medical students, and they're getting ready to get off of their student loans and get off of the plan because they've been paying for their health insurance through student loans. And they want to talk. And I'm more about talking. I'm all happy about talking because I want to walk through exactly what you've been paying, well, what do you need, and and how do we work these different details out? You know, some people even have health insurance where their company will pay 100% for their coverage, right? Mm-hmm. But they won't pay for the family. So that's where it makes sense to call me and let me help you see how we can help you save money and get your family covered. And you don't have to break the bank and pay another house note. Well, and, and that's the whole thing. Right now, it's uh, those gas prices are down, but then we also mentioned the shipping situation in the Middle East. That starts uh, creeping the oil prices back up, and that's something you have no control over. And even though uh, interest rates have the Fed held back on raising rates, uh, you know, how long will that last? And, and there's still everything else cost an arm and a leg. So whatever you can lock down, you want to do and and make it through this this period of tough times because it, it is tough on everybody although I'm, I'm seeing so many people out and i think it's because we've been going through tough times they're buying christmas decorations they're buying presents they're saying we're going to have one more good christmas is almost what i'm seeing well <clears throat> save some money for your health care because that can be uh, money very well spent and and there's nothing worse than uh, not being able to take care of yourself or your kids. Health really is very important. So. Well, I would challenge everyone to Google what is one of the top reasons people file bankruptcy. And you're going to find, um, unfortunately, maybe credit card debt now since this um, all has happened with inflation and the Bidenomics, whatever they call it. But I would tell you that medical expenses rank right up there. Yep. As one of the top reasons people are going under financially. That's because you can't bankrupt out of it. I mean, there's no escape. Right. So they bankrupt out of everything else because they took all their money to go towards their medical expenses. So that's the one thing that I just would encourage people to step back and look at and let me look at it with you. Let's look and see if what you have makes sense or can we improve on what you have and What's the best options out there for you? I even have supplements, like they're $10 a month, that give you access to a resource to help you look at previous medical expenses and bills. And they, they will go in and negotiate on your behalf. Oh, wow. And, yeah, it's, and you know, for 10 bucks a month per person, <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, that, I got that for Bill and I. Yeah. Because, not that we need it, but you just never know. So, um, and can I probably do that? Yeah, but it takes a lot of time and a lot of understanding, a lot of paperwork. And so if you can pass that on to someone who can do it, why wouldn't you? And let them see what they can do to help you negotiate. So don't think that you don't have any options. You know, Um, I know right now you're looking, you said you were doing lives at different um, senior living facilities. And, um, you know, I'm also looking at different facilities, too, for my mother, because you always want to look at the the places that are going to lock in rates. And if the place you're at is not locking in your rates, it's time to look. Yep. And it, and it is. It's, uh, in fact, people should be looking at everything. Your bank, uh, if you're with all, a bank, look at a credit yeah. union. Uh, my sponsor, Southern Security, 
They offer better rates than any bank out there, and people just simply they don't know there's a difference. Learn the differences between all the different companies you do business with, and that's right. where you find uh, savings. Staying where right. you are ain't going to change anything. Right. You have to be willing to do the homework and do the legwork, and as I explained to someone today, I will educate you as best as I can on how we can help you and how it can make sense for you. And maybe we wait until January, February when your situation changes. That's fine. Just know that, you you know, if, if you're on a health plan now and you don't really think it's giving you what you want, take a breath. If you think you're coming into more money or somebody's going to get a second job, then let's look at what makes sense. But I just really want people to understand that there are lots of different ways we can manage this. But but to ignore it is not the best way to manage it. How do they get in touch Ignoring with you? Ignoring it won't make it go away. No. How do they get in touch with you, Diane? Give me a call, 901-606-9091. All right. Merry Christmas, and put those lights back on. I like you with them. <laughs> yes, sir. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Tuesday, less than a week to go before Christmas. Then you get this little Christmas present, at least uh, Chick-fil-A did. Uh, if you're a big fan of Chick-fil-A's, you know that they're closed on Sundays. It's been uh, something they've done ever since they opened back in Georgia in 1946. But now the bill has been introduced in New York naturally. They could affect Chick-fil-A locations at rest stops along Interstate 90 in New York State. The bill would require food service at transportation facilities and rest areas to remain open seven days a week. The bill goes on to say that while there is nothing objectionable about a fast food restaurant closing on a particular day of the week, service areas dedicated to travelers is an uh, inappropriate location uh, for such a restaurant. Allowing for resale space to go unused one-seventh of the week is more than a uh, service and unnecessary inconvenience to travelers who rely on these service areas. And uh, so I don't know what you do. I guess uh, you you, uh, you compromise your values. Well, their values are the reason they close on Sundays is they want their people to be able to go to church if they so desire. And so I guess you could say you could hire people who aren't Christians and who don't go to church on Sunday and uh, – and open those places up on Sunday. I don't know. Tough call. Uh, I'd be inclined to just to say, okay, we're selling out. They probably those are high value places. Get out of there. Who needs to feed New York? That's what I would do. But then I'm a radical. <laughs> uh, more than half the voters say they are worse off under the Biden administration, according to a recent poll. More than half of voters feel worse off. According to this new poll at Harvard Caps Harris poll found that 55% of respondents said they were worse off personally during the Biden presidency, including 85% of Republicans, 62% of independents or voters considered other and 21% of Democrats. But when respondents were asked if they were better off or worse off personally under former president Trump's administration, the poll found 61% of voters said they were better off. That percentage includes 90% of Republicans, 59% of independents or other voters, and 33% of Democrats. 
of the 39% who said they were worse off during the Trump presidency, they included 67% Democrats, 41% independents or others, and 10% of Republicans. It's a big problem for the president. And uh, I don't see it changing. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. We're going to talk the butcher shop butcher. He grew up in the oil fields of West Texas. He's been all over the Western Hemisphere. A radio and TV veteran, former restaurateur, and a cowboy at heart. He's Earl Farrell, and he calls Memphis home because Memphis is cool. This is the Earl Farrell for Memphis Show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. And now, here's your host, Earl Farrell. And thank you very much, and welcome back. Uh, you heard during the break... Uh, a commercial in the sponsorship of our traffic uh, brought to you by Buster's Butcher. Well, we got Buster's Butcher on the phone right now, and uh, he's the head guy there. And uh, good afternoon, Brad. Hey, Errol. How you doing? I'm good. Uh, well, the probably the biggest uh, cooking weekend of the year is coming up, uh, Christmas dinner. And uh, I thought it would be a good time to check in. We've got less than a week to go before that big day. And so many people put a lot of pressure on themselves. They want to cook the perfect meal and have the perfect meal for everybody. And I was doing some research and the standing rib roast is considered by many to be the best roast beef in the world. Also known as prime rib. It's a beef cut. That's incredibly succulent and superior taste. This recipe uses a safe, simple, but highly effective roasting method. And, And you do it in the oven or you can do it in a grill. I've done one on a grill before. But the biggest sure. mistake people make is they take it off. They let it reach 125 to center uh, temp. They say if you wait that long, it's going to be overcooked. It's not going to be rare prime rib. Correct. Correct. You want to <clears throat> you want to use the carryover time, which is what what we in the restaurant world call it. <clears throat> the the carryover time is basically the time you let it you allow it to rest to carry over. It'll carry over about 10 degrees. So if you want it at 125, you want to pull it out at 115. And I think the people they are totally surprised when they do that. Cause I, I took it out of the oven when it was 125. You go, yeah, but it, it's such a big piece of meat. It's going to continue to cook itself. Correctly. Yes. Is that, uh, what is your best seller has been since you guys opened up? Um, it's neck and neck, uh, tenderloin or filet or ribeye, you know, standing rib roast. Um, we're selling a lot <clears throat> of both of those this Christmas season. So, yeah, um, the, the tenderloin is obviously <clears throat> lighter in weight, so, but it's more expensive because it's a smaller percentage of the cow. So as far as dollar amount goes, we've we've sold more tenderloin. But as far as weight goes, by far we've sold more more ribeye. Well, and, and most people say that they like the the taste of a ribeye because of the fat content and the marbling, and that's what gives its flavor. Uh, but Absolutely. The, but a but a beef tender is it's hard to beat. I mean, and it doesn't. It's a very easy cook in the oven. It doesn't take very long. <clears throat> And, but you, would you do it's the not same? Quite as daunting. Yeah, it's not exactly. Quite as daunting as the huge, huge ribeye. But I mean, for me, like I've said before, 
the bigger <clears throat> the bigger the piece of meat, the more satisfying it is for me to cook. Because <laughs> you get to eat it. <laughs> That's the way I am. Uh, you've got yep. so many other things too. I know you, you've got like duck, you've got goose. Uh, uh, and I was talking to a woman this morning in DC who's from England and she's got a friend bringing over English treats for her because things you can't get in this country. Do you have, since you guys have opened and I, you're trying to get people, uh, the, the things they want, have you had some unusual requests for items that are, say are from other countries? Yes. Um, we do. We get a lot of requests for portetas, which is Italian in origin. Um, the full side of full side of pork um, wrapped up, tied with the crispy skin. <clears throat> That's delicious. Um, we were off, but um, so we haven't we haven't sold any of that um, to date. We have. We have one special order that I'm excited about for someone who wanted a jambalaya stuffed duck. Oh wow! Uh, so we're doing we're doing that for them. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that's that's a big part of our business is doing custom things for people. And because uh, I was talking about one of my favorite dishes is duck a l'orange, which you serve. Um, you have whole duckling that you can buy there. And it's really not a difficult thing. You roast it in the oven and baste it with, uh, uh, with, uh, uh, I stuff it with oranges first. And then, uh, uh Grand Marnier, you drizzle it over that during the cooking of it until it gets, uh, develops a very crisp outer skin. I mean, it's just yep. absolutely killer. Yeah. It's amazing. Like my um, mouth water just talking about <laughs> another thing we have here are, uh, Moulard the large duck breasts, which are their foie gras ducks. They're oh, wow. Huge. The breasts, <clears throat> the breasts from these ducks weigh one and a quarter to one and a half pounds. So they're gigantic. Yeah, they're huge. Yeah. Super huge. And how but do they you, work? How do you prepare those? <clears throat> those, I just, I really like that. I like to spore the fat. So it releases some of the fat. <clears throat> Cook it at very high heat, fat side down, sear it in the pan, get that nice crispy skin going. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you really just barely, once you flip it over to the meat side, you just barely touch it. Um, so it's a nice, rare, medium rare duck breast with a crispy skin uh, on the outside. You know, there's a lot of people do uh, spaghetti and meatballs for Christmas because they're one of my Italian friends. They eat all Italian dishes at uh, Christmas Day. And I noticed you do veal and um, and pork that you can buy there to make uh, the veal pork uh, meatballs with. And it's already ground yeah. and, and separated. Uh, so it's real easy to, to do with that, which is the best meatball in the world to me. Absolutely. Um, and we also... We also make our own meatballs here that you can just buy and, and oh, skip, cool. skip the steps. Those are really wonderful. We do a uh, uh, pork veal and beef one and uh, a lamb meatball. Oh, wow. That sounds great. Uh, yeah. I think it's also, and I was thinking about this when I was in the store today. I went by there and uh, got some pictures. And the... The, the idea of giving a gift card for somebody, because uh, I've ordered steaks from Omaha Steaks. I was disappointed. 
I will tell you that right now. Uh, this, they get to go in with the card, and they get to pick out the cuts they want, and they get to see them, which is incredibly important if you're if you're a real cook. Yes. Um, yeah, our beef is uh, from Creekstown. It's some of the best beef in the world. You're going to find it in uh, Danielle Balud's restaurant, David Chang's restaurant. Um, yeah, it's fantastic beef and, and if you haven't been there yet go in if you just want to dip your toe if you will have them cut you out a couple of eight ounce uh, fillets uh, for the prime then yours is all prime or is your some prime some select or what is uh, we have we have pretty much all prime as far as steak cuts go mm-hmm. i would really encourage people to try some of the off cuts which we get from home place pastures uh farm down in Coma, Mississippi. Uh, big fans of them. They're, they've done all all grass-fed beef, but all of our off-cuts are from them. I mean, the flank steak's incredible. We have hanger steak from them. Uh, Picanha. Um, yeah, their short ribs are great. Um, Which are, what- but yeah, all of our <clears throat> all of our steak cuts are prime, and they all come from uh, Creekstone Farms. But the the off cuts are like you're talking about skirt steak, which is great to make uh, like fajitas with, uh, and a lot of other yeah, dishes. fajitas, stir fries. Yeah, um, great, great for marinating and putting on the grill. Uh, yep, yeah. and we've also uh, we just got in some uh, A5 plus wagyu. Oh wow! In Japan. Yeah. So, which is it's a real treat. Yeah. A little bit goes a long way. Well. And uh, you won't get a lot because <laughs> that goes a long no. way too. Uh, well, yeah. it's it's the one time of year you want to do something special, and that's the reason I wanted to uh, talk to you, Brad, and and tell them about um, Buster's Butcher because it, what you have to offer there is very special, and uh, the people that will be dining with you will not forget it soon. I can promise you that. Uh, you're open through. Are you going to be open Sunday? Yes, we're open. Uh... The only day we're closed is uh, Christmas Day. Uh, we're open Sunday, uh, 12 to 6, um, and every other day, 10 to 6. Well, uh, do yourself a favor and all your loved ones. Go make a visit there. Brad will help you. All the people there will help you. Any questions you have on cooking, uh, temps, and every, they, they'll help you with every bit of it and walk you through it. So go see them today. and. I think you'll be uh, very pleased, and you'll bring in the new year and the Christmas uh, with the right attitude. I will promise you that. Brad, thank you very much for checking in with us, and have a Merry Christmas. Thank you, Earl. You bet. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And welcome back on this uh, Tuesday. It's a few days before Christmas, uh, Here's some top 10 Christmas dinner recipes. We were talking uh, with Brad McCarley, who's the head butcher at Buster's Butcher. And it says, whether you're hosting or gathering, bring a dish or to share or have the recipes to show off your cooking skills. Uh, there's a number of things that uh, you can do that are, that are traditional that, that everybody likes at Christmas times. And, uh, and many of them you've probably had. Some of you might be surprised at. I do think it's always interesting to look at what is traditional for people in the South, traditional people in the Northeast, the West, uh, 
uh, and then different countries. Uh, of course, uh, Turkey is uh, high on the list of so many people. Tarragon crusted roast beef, uh, standing prime bread. We were just talking about that. Uh, also, be careful with that, too. If you want it to be rare, uh, make sure you take it off before it reaches the done temp that it will tell you in the recipe. Uh, bread stuffing, whether you're doing prime rib or uh, or the uh, turkey. Uh, then you get Brussels sprouts with bacon and pecans, which is an interesting. I usually just cook the Brussels sprouts, oven roast those. I didn't know this until a few years ago that they actually changed the molecular structure of uh, Brussels sprouts to take out the bitterness. And now when you eat Brussels sprouts, uh, just oven roast them uh, in olive oil and maybe some lemon, uh, you don't taste that bitterness. And that's because they bread it right out. Uh, we had some uh, Brussels sprouts uh, Saturday night at Jim's Place East. They were delicious. But as, as I recall, as a kid, I thought they were really bitter. And, but uh, then my parents kept telling me that's an acquired taste. <laughs> so. Uh, apple pie, pecan pie, those are all, both uh, big at Christmas times. Of course, with some bluebell vanilla ice cream on top, that always is, is a great addition to it. Uh, roasted rosemary, onion potatoes, uh, crisp-coated lemon pepper salmon. Uh, that's a, especially if you like to eat it a little on the lighter side. Uh, simple cranberry sauce. I, I like the cranberry sauce. It's made with fresh cr- cranberries, but I also like the can that comes in a can. I think that's because I, I grew up with that. Couldn't get fresh cranberries in West Texas when I was growing up. And so everything kind of came, came in a can. But I don't know it's because uh, I grew up eating it, and it's traditional to me. And it reminds me of just growing up and having my mom pull it out of the can, and it came out in one big hunk. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Uh, and then slow cooker wild rice with cranberries that sounds really good uh but no matter what you do uh the important thing and i, I heard this today i thought it was very uh very well said that this guy was on facebook somebody put it up and it was kind of talking about uh, as we all get older there are things we used to be able to do readily and we just don't do as much anymore and some people they were really great at doing everything uh athletics uh golf tennis uh they were baseball and football players when they were younger but could do do it all very active snow ski and then as you get older you start making choices uh, and uh and then one day you're in your 80s or 70s and you find that uh, you really got to make choices about what you do because you don't want to get hurt and then become totally incapacitated and you can't do anything and so this uh I was talking about this older gentleman that lived next door to him and he was in his eighties now, but at one time back when he was uh, a young man back in the 1930s, he was a ball player. He was a pilot during world war II, a fighter pilot. Uh, he was, uh, the, uh, the CEO of Gillette razor blades at the age of 30. So he had accomplished a great deal of his life and had always been very, very active and was, uh, able to do whatever he wanted to do. Somebody said, Hey, we're going skiing. Okay. I'm in We're going hiking. We okay. Touch football. No problem. And he said, as, as he's gotten older, you know, he, he not doesn't do any of those things anymore. Doesn't even play golf. And he asked him, he said, so what do you do, um, as you get older? And he said, you become very selective and, uh, you do what is important. And by that he meant, 
you do what means something to you it means something to your loved ones whether that's being a spectator at an event one of your grandchildren or great-grandchildren showing up on christmas uh because everybody's getting together um and uh, making the effort to go to those things because you know, I, I hear it all the time from so many of my friends when they say, hey, we're going to go to this. And, and the first thing they ask is, how far do I have to walk? Which is a big deal uh, to people when they've had health problems and, and as they get older. And so it is an effort. And uh, be thankful when you do see somebody who is of age show up at something and uh, they're having a tough time making it. That They are making an effort. And, uh, it's not easy and be appreciative of that. And also realize that, uh, that the young people, if you are older, they really appreciate seeing your smiling face there when they know you had to make a real effort to do so. And I thought it was just very poignant that do the important things. And I thought, you know, that really is true because some things we do because we used to like to do it. And when you can do anything, it's not a really big deal. You just do it. But as you get older, you got to make choices. And what can I do? I just talked to a good friend of mine today, and and um, she had gone gotten a hip replacement surgery. And I said, well, you'll be fine. Uh, you'll be able to do a lot more than you could before because you won't have the pain you used to have. Because I've had mine, I had mine replaced twice. Uh, they did it, and then two weeks after they did the replacement, the, they put a steel rod down your femur to almost to your knee. And it was a little too big in circumference. And I was stepping out of the shower and I heard snap like a tree branch snapping. I thought, well, that didn't sound good. <laughs> so <laughs> I had to call my brother-in-law to come help me. I was upstairs and I just got out of the shower. We got to the uh, Campbell's clinic where they did the surgery and they x-rayed it and said, I said, did I dislocate it? Cause that's one thing you worry about when you just have a recent replacement. I said, no, actually, you broke it. You broke your femur in two places above uh, the knee and right below the hip. So they had to go back in, pull the spike out, and replace the whole thing. And then I was fine. I mean, it's been three years now. And uh, I was thinking about it today. I had to go all the way to the back of the store. I was looking for Christmas tree decorations at, at Target. They said, far corners, far as you could go. I said, how come everything I ever looked for is at the far corner of the store? Uh, but I, I make it no pain. I used to have to stop sometimes or get a grocery cart to push in front of me to kind of lean on. And, uh, as time goes by, I, I walk more and more and stride out further and, uh, you just have to work at it. And I said, but I will tell you this, there is absolutely no way to look cool on a walker. And she laughed. She said, I can only imagine. And I said, but I promise you that that is the big motivator to get you off the walker is there's no way you can walk into a place and go, Hey, it's just a temporary thing because <laughs> you look at people on walkers and you go, Oh gosh, I hope that never happens to me. And the other thing I told her, I said, be very careful of your balance because you're compensating for the pain and, and you're not wanting to put too much on it, but start trying to walk as normal as possible. But at first hold on to things as you're going by and, and getting up and getting down because, uh, uh, you make a sudden move and it could land you on the floor. The last thing you want to do is fall after you've had a hip replacement. So, those are some tips from a pro uh, to anybody out there that knows somebody that's going through this or are about to do it themselves. Uh, it's, a, it's a challenge, but you can get through it, and you'll be glad you did. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, and then uh, we'll be right back. Stay with us.
And thank you very much, and welcome back. <clears throat> we know here in Memphis, uh, thieves will steal just about any car they get their hands on, but they do have their favorites. Uh, Infinities, uh, the Kias are really easy to get into. Uh, this one, though, takes the cake. Slim Jim reports its custom car has been stolen. Now, you know who Slim Jim is. Uh, those are those kind of long, skinny sausages you get at the convenience store when you're on trips. <laughs> yeah. I used to love those things. Uh, but Chicago is the dateline. Slim Jim, America's iconic protein snack, has had its custom Nissan Z known as a, to fans as Fast Beat <laughs> stolen. The car was on the move as part of an ongoing partnership with the World Wrestling Entertainment, WWE, making recent stops in Chicago for the Survivor Series, even before traveling on to L.A. for a custom video shoot, the car was stolen and last seen in California. Damn thieves. Uh, I wonder if they got any snacks in there. <laughs> Look, a whole box of Slim Jims. While the active police investigation is underway, the brand has put out the hashtag find fast meat call to their loyal fan base. It looks like a NASCAR. I mean, you'd think it would be a long, skinny car that looks like a Slim Jim, sort of like the Oscar Mayer Weenie Mobile. But this just looks like a NASCAR. It's all painted up with a wrap, and it's got Slim Jim on the side. Uh, but it says that uh, they called, went out to their loyal fan base, the Long Boyd Gang, to help spread awareness of the stolen car. If anyone has tips or spots the custom Slim Jim car fast beat, they're encouraged to place a tip with the Los Angeles Police Department. I love the name of the car, though, the Fast Meat. Uh, we knew we had something special with our custom car, but I had no idea it would be in such a demand. Someone would actually steal it, said Ashley Spade, VP and general manager, snacks at Con- ConAgra Brands. We continue to work closely with the authorities, and we ask if anyone is to spot and re- report it to the LAPD. This, this car has probably been chopped so fast. I mean, how do you get to drive around with Slim Jim on the side of your car and not have somebody spot you? But it says the tricked out ride had caught the attention of car enthusiasts and fans in recent months for sought after features such as a fiery exterior, custom yellow leather interior, LED undercarriage lighting, and exclusive Slim Jim holder for on the go snacking. <laughs> I guess kind of like a cigar holder, you know. And one-of-a-kind Slim Jim dispenser in the glove box. Stocked with Slim Jim meat sticks and some Easter eggs for the most loyal of fans, such as a fabric interior with 69s, a hidden 420 with the long boy gang emblem to show love to the Slim Jim community. There's also the added appeal that all the customizations were done by one of Hollywood's most iconic custom auto shops, ConAgra Brands. Headquartered in Chicago is one of North America's leading branded food companies. Guided by an entrepreneurial spirit, ConAgra Brands combine a rich heritage of making great food with a sharpened focus on innovation. The company's portfolio is evolving to satisfy people's changing food preferences. ConAgra's iconic brands such as Bird's Eye, Duncan Hines, Healthy Choice, uh, Marie Callender's, Ready Whip, and Slim Jim is well emerging brands as well as emerging brands including angels uh boom chicka pop duke's earth balance garden and uh, frontera 
offer choices of everyday occasion for more information. So they kind of turned it into a big uh, PR push. Get a car stolen, we get millions of free publicity for it. But that's what you do. Uh, is capitalized on it. I, I have gotten a chance on several occasions to drive the Oscar Myers Weenie Mobile, and which is a real hoot. Uh, in fact, I used to work at Walker Associates uh, here in Memphis, and they were the ones that came up with the Oscar Myers song. If I were an Oscar Mayer wiener, and that is what I truly love to be. And so they went around the country getting the kids. Uh, they did a contest to see if the kids, uh, what kids would be in the commercial to sing the song. And they went all over the United States with the Weenie Mobile, and it was like a huge PR, huge success. Sort of like the, the Slim Jim car getting stolen, except this was a positive thing. It was kids trying out, and all their parents brought them in. Everybody learned how to sing the song. I can even remember the song. And uh, so it was a big deal. But uh, the Wienermobile uh, comes around every so often, and uh, they have these young people driving it. <laughs> They're not the same people. I think you can take the Wienermobile for maybe a year, and then they go, I got to get off the track. I've been on the Wienermobile for too long now. I can't take it anymore. But it, uh, it does gather a, a lot of attention. And, uh, People like it, and it's a it's a fun uh, fun thing to do. Uh, I mentioned it earlier in the show about different gift ideas, and certainly a gift certificate at Buster's Butcher is a good idea because who who can go wrong with giving away uh, a, a gift card to great meals? But another thing is uh, bird feeders. This time of year, I was watching the birds in my yard today, and I went by to see the folks at uh, Wild Birds Unlimited Nature Store. It's over on Perkins. Um, um, right there across uh, the street from where the old Sears used to be. And uh, they got everything imaginable to help uh, your our little feathered friends. They got uh, bird feeders. They got uh, uh, the kind that they land on little pegs and can pack away, and you can see how much uh, bird seed is still left in there. And, the, and the, I'm telling you, every kind of bird feeder in the world uh, is there. And also the bird seed that you need to, to feed them with and they'll help the ladies there are very good at telling you what you need for attracting certain kinds of birds and uh it really is it's a it's a cool place just to go in all the ladies that work there are very very nice and uh i like stopping by there just to they got a video screen up there and they got the birds chirping away up there and show you all the different kind of birds that live in this area but we're very lucky to have a uh, bird population we do have here when we got everything i actually saw a, a real bluebird everybody thinks that like a jaybird or a, a mockingbird or kind of like bluebirds or there's blue but but if you ever see a real bluebird here in the mid-south they're almost incandescent they're so blue it's not a very big little bird uh first one i saw was on the little red river at a bird feeder but i've seen them here in memphis before and then i put out uh, hummingbird feeders every spring and keep those uh, fueled up through the summer we have a huge uh, hummingbird population that comes through here every year and they stay until the cold weather returns and they head south and those little guys are amazing they actually fuel up and they fly across the gulf of mexico to the yucatan of mexico and sometimes they say those, those platform drilling rigs out there in the middle of the gulf that'll be 40 50 miles 100 miles from shore they said they'll see waves of these hummingbirds fly by the rigs and they go, there's no place for them to land. I mean, they just have to keep going. They don't even stop there. They 
keep on flying and you don't get to eat till they get there. It's really amazing. Uh, and, uh, so that's why you want to take care of the little, little fellers. Cause especially this time of year, the cold really saps their strength. And, uh, and by putting feed out for them, that gives them warmth. And, and plus yeah, it's tough out there pecking around for birds and any kind of seed or stuff on the ground. Uh, they got to l- turn over every leaf. In fact, I'll hear them in my yard. You hear them rustling around. They got to take, pick up a leaf and move it to see if there's any kind of little bug there for them. So ain't an l- easy life for the little birds. And so anything you can do <coughs> excuse me, to help them out, uh, help them out. And uh, the wild bird store on Perkins has everything you could possibly want. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll wrap things up here on this Tuesday afternoon. Stay with us. <coughs> I love this song. Heard it earlier today and uh, just kind of let it run a little bit. Always kind of put you in the mood, uh, very Christmassy. Uh, something needs to put Rudy Giuliani in the mood. He's uh, <laughs> kind of doubling down. Uh, U.S. District Judge Burl A. Howell had found Giuliani liable by default before a trial based on his own admission and his refusal to turn over the woman's attorney's evidence in the case uh, and relevant information such as his net worth and the size of his radio, YouTube, and other online audiences. Giuliani declined to contest the facts of the case and did not testify in his own defense despite publicly saying that he would. Howell gave Giuliani until 2 p.m. Tuesday uh, to respond to the women's request to speed the enforcement of the order. The trial Giuliani attorney, Joseph B. Sibley, told jurors that his client did not testify out of respect for the women who have been uh, thoroughly uh, been through enough, adding Mr. Giuliani is a good man, even if he hasn't exactly helped himself with some of the things that has happened in the past few days. <clears throat> After the verdict, Giuliani said he didn't testify because he's afraid of being put in jail for contempt of court. Went on to say, and then they said falsely, <laughs> that there was evidence jurors did not get to see supporting his accusations against Freeman and Moss. Those are the two, the mother-daughter team that he said were uh, manipulating votes. Giuliani also is under state criminal indictment in Georgia with Trump for related offenses and could have risk incriminating himself if he did testify freeman and moss's attorney wrote monday that they asked giuliani to agree to stop making such false statements um and claims before bringing their new suit seeking a court order and legal fees but that giuliani refused to agree <laughs> ain't did it uh defendant giuliani's statements coupled with the refusal to agree with to refrain from continuing to make such statements make clear that he intends to persist in his campaign of targeting defamation and harassment. I mu- it must stop, attorney Michael J. Gottlieb wrote for the plaintiff's legal team. Uh, anyway, the, the upshot of it is he hadn't paid the money yet, and they're saying it's minutes after filing the new suit, Gottlieb asked uh, the judge uh, to get Giuliani's uh, judge to let the plaintiffs immediately start getting the money the 148 million judgment 
because they're afraid that he will empty out his savings before the money can be recovered. The time has come for plaintiffs to begin their efforts to collect what they can from the reluctant defendant, Gottlieb said. There's an automatic 30-day grace period by uh, monetary judgments in federal court, but a judge can choose to end it early. Giuliani has repeatedly said to attorneys that he's in dire financial straits, but the plaintiffs say he does have substantial assets, including a condo in southern Florida, and co-op in Manhattan that is currently on the market for $6.1 million, along with numerous accounts in New York banks. Now, remember, they got a $140-something million judgment, $148 million, and they're standing there tapping their toes waiting to collect. I'm saying, he's not going to give them a dime, and he'll probably go bankrupt, and they'll never get a dime out of the thing. And, of course, the attorneys, they're going to be going, uh, where's our money? we got to get to that bank account. And then, I don't know if you saw this, Alec Baldwin, who's no stranger to controversy, is escorted by police after a heated confrontation at a pro-Palestinian rally in New York City. I don't often agree with Alec Baldwin on anything, but I got to tell you, I, I would be right there with him on this. I mean, these people have no idea what they're talking about, that the Palestinian land was occupied and that they were uh, occupied. They were There was no occupation there. They were there by themselves. That's how they were able to dig all these tunnels under the entire Gaza Strip. They got to, to come into Israel every day to work, uh, millions of them, and and they did. And uh, But this land was given to them after the, the land, which was Israel's in the beginning. It always has been. In fact, I saw the other day where Israel is the only country in the world that has always been named Israel, that they speak the language Israeli, the language that they've always spoken there. And uh, to this day, it is still occupied and, and owned by the people that it was originally had it in the very beginning of recorded time. And the, the, the Palestinians say, well, now we want them out. We don't even want to share. We don't want just our land. We want them off of that land. We want that land. And we want all of them dead. And why these people, all these people out there are marching with them, and they obviously have no concept of the history of what's happening here, even biblically. You look at the Bible, it, it'll tell you. Uh, it's all, this whole thing is all part of it, which is probably pretty much telling us all that we're getting close to the end. And I say it all the time because everything's upside down and backwards. And <clears throat> what you think should be right is wrong, and what's wrong is right. And uh, this whole conflict going on with uh, the war with, Hamas and uh, everything else is, is happening in the world. I mean, it's all right there in front of you. And uh, so uh, it, if I were you, I would take care of all my business. Make sure you're you're good with the big guy because uh, it, it had never had all these elements as they are now gathering in one place. And, and believe me, they are. And uh, I don't see it really getting any better, especially with Joe Biden. I mean, here they got this ship. It's out there. It belongs to Iran, directing all this fire from the Houthis uh, coming in on the shipping and our military locations all over the Mideast. And yet they're not going to do anything about it because uh, they don't want to upset the Iranians. Uh, and now he's trying to cut a deal so you can get more money uh, to go to Israel, which God knows how little they're going to get out of this. Another... 800 billion or something and wants to go to the uh, Ukraine and uh, some of it's supposed to go to the border, which none of the uh, 
liberals want to go to the border. And then the governor of Texas just came out today and said uh, that it's now they're arresting anybody that comes across the border illegally. And of course, the um, uh, all the anti-America uh, uh, forces are out there suing the governor of Texas and anybody else that tries to arrest these people because it's unconstitutional. They're invading our country and they're saying it's unconstitutional. That's what I'm saying. When everything is upside down, backwards, and, and crazy, uh, it it certainly is. And uh, so, oh, I just want to say this real quickly. Cynthia Ham has bought Palladio Home and Garden. Uh, so, congratulations to Cynthia Ham. I think she'll be great at that. We'll find out more about that. Talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>